We don't slut shame around here. They say we are what we eat. Does that come in organic? So who are you eating? I believe they call that an ethical slut. Can I unplug your phone so I can charge my vibrator? I can't believe he couldn't find it. Fuck it. Let's roll. You're listening to Eat, Play, Sex with Dr. Cat, The place to up-level that sexy life of yours. With expert talk on sex, love, and nutrition. Hey lovers, and welcome to another episode of Eat, Play, Sex. I'm your sex expert, Dr. Kat. So I swear my Instagram knows that I'm single and dating because it brings up like all the fucking advertisements for finding love and all the coaching programs to be able to do that and find my soulmate. And after Social Dilemma, watching the the documentary Social Dilemma, I'm super paranoid about what I am clicking on and what I'm hovering over for too long. And I'm like, ah, I've been looking at that single picture for too long. Moving on. (laughs) And I know that I've been bringing you all a bunch of episodes about dating. And I'm just letting you know right now in full transparency, it's because I'm learning how to date better. (laughs) So really, I'm just bringing on all of these incredible experts to help me figure it out. And you all get to learn with me. And thank God I've got Connell Barrett here to help me out and you and your mom, because we're all just trying to figure this out in this super bizarre time of our lives. And I honestly don't know who else to call to help us sort this shit out. But before we jump into that, I want to ask you, how's your chemistry game? We all want fire hot chemistry in our love lives, and yet I see so often where people fall into the trap of trauma bonding or convincing themselves that if it's not there naturally, then it never will be. I'd like to give you a few pointers about how you can supercharge your love life with hot, healthy chemistry from the start. February 21st, I'll be live co-teaching a workshop, Creating Chemistry with Adam Roa. It'll be a power-packed 90 minutes of tips, tricks, and education to support you in having a more passion-filled relationship. Sign-ups are open. Check out the link in the show notes. But before we get to Connell, I want to thank you all for tuning in. I want to thank you for your reviews on iTunes. And if you haven't left one yet, then be a doll and type me up some love. Then share with your best friend who needs a little dating CPR. We only do this because we love you. And my goal here is to help you to eat, play, and sex so much better. So if you haven't already, head to eatplaysex.com where you can subscribe to the show, connect with me, and read more about how you can up-level your sex, love, and vitality. And let me just take a moment to shout out to one of my new favorite must-have drinks from Elemental Labs, who is sponsoring this episode. I swear, the most delicious electrolyte drinks with no sugar, no artificial ingredients or colors. I'm not left feeling all strange and lightheaded afterward. And I am obsessed with the mango chili flavor. Oh, so good. And especially after those long marathon sexcapades. Yeah, girls got to replenish, right? One of my clients tell me that they're too tired for sex with their partner. And the first question I ask is if they're hydrated. (laughs) For real though, we are like these little tiny houseplants. We need sun, we need nutrients, we need water, we need electrolytes. I don't know, do plants do electrolytes? Well, we definitely need sweet, sweet love. Check out the link in the show notes for a free sampler pack. Just add shipping and see why I love it. 
Now I'm all about that pleasure life. Like how could I infuse even more pleasure into whatever it is I'm doing? Same when it comes to my personal or my partner playtime. How can I make it even more juicy? Whatever gender you identify or don't identify with, maybe you'll agree. Sex is just better with lube. Like, if it's not slick, then no dick. Or toy. Or finger. Because it's just not as sensual, easeful, or flat out enjoyable. When I'm asked what I use, I share that Uber Lube has been at my bedside for years and in total plain sight because it looks just like a perfume bottle. Truly, it's long lasting and it feels like silk between your fingertips. Feeling is everything and Uber Lube feels great. Designed with luxury and intimacy in mind, Uber Lube enhances intimacy. It's doctor recommended, no scent and no taste, and it works amazing underwater. And for all my listeners, use EPS 10 for 10% off. Link is in the show notes just for you. Now to our epic guest that I'm so excited to have on and dive in deep with, Connell Barrett. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm so psyched to be here. Eating, playing, and sexing are my three favorite things, so... This is yeah. the place for me. Yeah. I would say it, if I could add vegan ice cream and bunnies to the end, probably unicorns and probably glitter at the end of that. But I felt like the title of that would be too long. So mm-hmm. I just, you know, settled with And jazz things. hands. Throw jazz yeah. hands in there too. Yeah. And jazz like hands. Yeah. And ecstatic dance. I really like ecstatic dance. <laughs> I'm a fan. Yeah. Yeah. I think people would have trouble finding that podcast. I, I think this is good. <laughs> Only the true fans would find it, the true fans. Right. (laughs) So I'm excited to have you on here. The work that you do is really phenomenal. And just to give our, the audience a little insight into what it is that you do, you are a dating coach and you specialize in helping men in particular. Um, you help them with overcoming loneliness, uh, attracting their soulmates and all through being authentic and being confident in themselves and not just these sly tricks to be able to, you know, get the girl into the bed, which I appreciate (laughs) as a woman. I appreciate that. Um, you've also, you also work as a coach through the dating app, the league, and you are author to this upcoming book that I read, by the way, and it's really good called dating sucks, but you don't, which I think is a brilliant title. It's like, it's like as brilliant as my podcast name. (laughs) (laughs) I love the title. Yeah. What inspired the name of that? The the name came from something I wrote to a client who was complaining about his lack of success on dating apps when he first came to me. And he said, I don't understand. Why do I swipe and swipe on Tinder? I guess I, I'm not attractive. I guess I suck. I guess I'm just not that guy women want. And I said, dude, you don't suck. Your dating profile sucks. What do you mean it's not that? that it's not that you're not attractive. If you're not getting matches, if you're not getting results on a given dating app, it's not because you are an unattractive guy or you or that dating apps don't work. It's because your dating profile is a piece of digital marketing. It's all it is. It's basically mm-hmm. an advertisement and you're you're doing it wrong. So you're doing the marketing wrong if you're struggling on the apps. But and that sounds like harsh news, but it's actually really good news because it's not that you aren't enough for women or that you can't get matches. It's just that we need to fix your marketing. We need to make your your little digital ad awesome 
and appealing and authentic, and then you can feel good about dating. So that that's where the title came from was realizing, well, that's kind of my whole message is that it's not mm-hmm. that you suck. It's that you're going about dating wrong, perhaps. Maybe mm-hmm. you're, maybe you've seen too many Reddit posts about being a alpha male, put women in their place, be a badass, show her who's boss and all that bullshit. Maybe, maybe you're being too nice, which is another form of inauthenticity. Trying to make people like you is not authentic. So yes, dating sucks because people are going about it wrong and we just need to fix the way they approach it while also projecting their most attractive side, which is that authentic self. And then once you do that, you can eat and play and sex and bunnies and and (laughs) rainbows and all those things that your future podcast will be called. Wow. Okay. So you just verbally vomited all over me and I want every single thing that you just shared. I'm like, I don't even know where to start with what you just shared. Yes. We're about to go on a, on a little adventure here. The first thing that you brought up, this idea of the dating profile marketing strategy is not effective, (laughs) is not optimal. What So when I think of that, because I have been on the dating apps, I literally just came off of it last week because I was like overwhelmed. I was like, I can't do this shit. Um, But some of the profiles I would see, I was like, is this person serious? Like, is this person genuinely seeking somebody? Because I can't even tell who this person is. I can't see any of their face or there's like a really bizarre picture of, of, of drain strange cartoon drawings around their, their head. I'm like, what is, what are they doing? Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're putting, <laughs> Tell me. they're doing it, they're doing it wrong. Uh, the biggest mistake that people make with online dating, especially men, but I think women make this mistake too, is they are afraid to be themselves. And I know that's a mm-hmm. cliche, be yourself, but they're, they're not projecting a relatable attractive, high-value version of themselves. They're trying to be all arrogant or weird. A lot of guys try to be weird and polarizing with their dating profiles. But And that I think that's what you're probably coming across is these yeah. weird, bizarre photos. And other guys or other people are just boring. Mm-hmm. They just take the first five or six photos from their phone mm-hmm. and they go, oh, here's a group shot of me in a dark bar where you can't tell which one I am. I think I'll mm-hmm. post that. Here's a Here's a selfie from the, my, the bathroom I was in last night. My former client, uh, Keith, who, uh, well, I've, he's, there's a happy ending to the story, but this guy, Keith, what came to me. What type of happy it, ending? Uh, a baby. <laughs> a baby. Oh, okay. Born. That's a good happy ending. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, it took the other kind of happy ending to make the baby. I think you probably <laughs> sure. know that. But uh, anyway, when Keith first came, first came to me, he was struggling with the apps, mid-40s, divorced, uh, not, you know, kind of a dad bod. He's a single dad. So not six pack male model type guy. Mm -hmm. And he said, I don't understand why I'm not getting matches. Nobody wants to date me. And I looked at his photos and his first photo, he was in his garage wearing a t-shirt and sweatpants. And it was dark. He looked like Dexter in his kill room. You know, (laughs) you're not going to get matches with women. Like, did you really think this was attractive? He's like, no, I just took it in my favorite place, my garage. I'm like, I'm like, all right, dude, go outside, put on a nice button down shirt, smile, a real smile, show, show women the the guy who's going to show up on the first date. And it seems like obvious advice, but so many men just 
they 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 have they miscalibrate their marketing mm-hmm. by misunderstanding what women want. Here's the big mistake people make with online dating is they make it about themselves. Your online dating profile is not about you. It's mm-hmm. about the other person. It's a piece of marketing. It features you, but it's not about you. It's it's mm-hmm. about how you want to make them feel. So you if you're a single guy on the apps, you want to make a woman swiping feel like, "Oh, cool style, job, good sense of humor, sociable, wow, like, right swipe. It's It can be that simple. It's not necessarily easy. You got to get quality photos and project the real you, but it is pretty simple. Okay. That's, that's very interesting to think about. It's not about you. So it's not about, yeah. Okay. Yeah. What would it's, think trying to put your mind in the avatar, almost like the avatar of the other person that you're trying to attract. Yes. Right. Not There's a great, in an inauthentic way. <laughs> yeah. You might've read this quote in, in my book in the first episode of Mad Men, Don Draper says, advertising is about one word, happiness, making people feel happy about the ad they're watching. It's the same with your online dating profile. You want to make that person on the other end of the phone feel happy, feel excited, feel attracted, feel giggly, feel the feels. And if you can make them do that in an authentic way, you can get your matches, get some quality matches, quality dates, and start turning online dating into something that you look forward to instead of something that that drags you down and makes you want to smash your your phone against your forehead. Isn't that the key though of making making something into something that's enjoyable and not another you know forty hour work week? <laughs> yeah, next to you. Absolutely. Uh, I love that your podcast is the the middle word is play. I think that. Again, there's a quote in my book. I quote I quote Hamlet, where you know Shakespeare famously says. The play is the thing. I think in dating and sex and the courtship phase of love, the thing is the play. Finding ways to make this playful for you, fun for you. And if you are having more fun and in a playful, relate but relatable, playful way, then the person who you're on a first date with or who you're texting or who you've just approached, they're going to basically catch your good vibes. Emotions are contagious, bad or good. So be feeling good, be feeling present, do what takes to get you in a good, playful, fun, emotional state. And that other person's going to sort of catch those feelings and say, you know what? I don't know what it is about this tall ginger dude, but he's not my type, but gosh, he makes me feel good. I I like being with him and I'll see where this goes. That's all I do when I date Mm -hmm. is I just play. I just play. Mm. And so for, you know, hearing you talk about that and for me too, I love playing. And for many people, they'll express they don't know how to play or they're nervous to express play, which makes sense because play is our pure authenticity. Like it is us without the self-consciousness in our mind. But how how would you advise somebody to, or what sort of things would you um, tell them to do to be able to help them embody play? First, ask yourself, and again, I usually focus on men, but I think this goes for both men and women, or however you identify yourself. Checking with yourself before your next date or your next conversation with someone you might have a date with, ask, check in with yourself and say, how do I behave when I'm with my very best friend? Who am I most comfortable with in, in the world? And, and ask yourself, how do I behave with that person? And 
try to channel that version of you on the date or the conversation because whoever you're most comfortable with in life, they're going to be somebody you play with, you tease, you bust their balls. Or maybe it's not always playful. Maybe it's more vulnerable at times. Maybe it's maybe it's a super honest and genuine and just like no no bullshit. It's incredibly it's incredible how close you basically want to go on a first date or talk to that that tender match the way you would with your best buddy, you know, uh, in the locker room or or on the baseball diamond with the difference, of course, that we're talking about men and women. There's a little bit of flirtation. There's a man to woman sort of vibe we want, but it can be simple. It, it can be as simple as letting go and letting your, letting yourself, giving yourself permission to play with people in mm-hmm. terms of a fun, practical tip that I, I've given a lot of my clients is about five or 10 minutes into a first date. If I feel like, or if you feel like the date is going a little bit too boilerplate like so where are you from where did you grow up all that kind of that Mm -hmm. that service level conversation you could just say you know what that's all good that's all well and good but fuck that let's play a game let's have a staring contest first one to laugh loses or buys the next drink and then just start a staring contest like you did when you were 10 years old and of course when you're staring eyeball to eyeball with somebody and you're trying not to laugh all you're going to do is start laughing. Yeah. And there are also studies that show that there was a study done, I think it was Yale, where people who made uh, unbroken eye contact for two minutes doing staring contests actually became more attracted to each other. So mm. there's this there's this psych- the psychology behind it as well. But beyond psychology, it's just about, you know what, let's break out of the first date stereotypes. Let's play, let's have a staring contest or two. Let's play two lies and a truth or two truths and a lie. Uh, let's be silly. Let's loosen up a little bit because once we loosen up, then we're free to be more emotionally naked, mm. more real. And that's when you're going to find out if we really vibe as people when we when we cut through the surface level niceties and get to the, our real selves. And when you are a match, that's when first dates or first or second dates can really become just incredible. Like when you feel like you you can be talking to somebody for two hours and feel like you've known them for two years. That's yeah. because you've broken through the BS and you're showing your real selves. But to to break that ice with somebody, first you got to break it inside of yourself mm. by, play, by being playful. Yeah. So there's a level of preparation. Like there is some intentional aspect to what unfolds as well as um, you know, being authentic, which is being in the moment and just playing with what, what's, what's present there. So, cause I oftentimes will hear from clients or from, well, I guess people in general, well, the, well the, where they say the chemistry has to be natural or it just has to be there. And what you're sharing is, no, there's some things that you can intentionally prepare for and bring into the situation to inspire a, a type of interaction. Right. Yes. Chemistry it's not something you can manufacture, but you can kindle the tinder, pardon the expression. You can get those sparks burning if they're there naturally by, for example, being playful, being really honest, being very being vulnerable. Depends on the moment, right? Uh, and also by being really congruent in what you're thinking and feeling. One of the mantras I give my clients is, Whatever you're thinking and feeling is what you're saying and doing. Be less filtered. Just let the thoughts 
that come here in the head, leave your mouth. As long as they're not vulgar or too weird. <laughs> let, the, let, those, let those true thoughts and feelings come out. Be vulnerable. Be willing to say something that your date might not like, but she might love it. She might disagree, but she might agree. Take those, take those romantic and social risks. And you might, that's, that's when we find out, oh, wow, I didn't realize you felt this way. I feel the same way. Uh, I hate oh, no, Coldplay. That's scary. I hate Coldplay too. Let's hate Coldplay together. I actually love Coldplay, but let's okay. say somebody, let's say you, hate, I actually love them, but I don't know why I said I hate them. But <laughs> um, a lot of people on first dates, especially men anyway, which is my specialty, they're, they get into people pleaser mode or just say what you think she wants to hear. Like, fuck that. Say what's on your mind. Say what's genuine and real. And then she'll either love it or she might not love it, which is fair too. But at least you're going to know if you guys kind of see things the same way. But if mm -hmm. you keep it too surface level, it's hard to get to that place of, whoa, we get each other. Does that make sense? It does. It's almost like you're staying in this state of ambiguity and vagueness so that you don't right. actually have an answer that might, I guess, be quote unquote evidence of rejection. You know, it's almost yeah. like we we fear that feeling in our body of somebody not agreeing with us or of losing the connection with another person. So we will do these things to make it so that we're more received. Which right. as, as you're talking, it's interesting. I, I know you specialize in working with men, um, but I see this as something that's so applicable across gender, uh, gender expression and even same-sex relationships. I see these as very universal human experiences that you're sharing. Yes, like how absolutely. How challenging that can be with authenticity of, um, like that's it's scary. Sc it's, it is scary. And one of the pillars of being radically authentic as you might remember from the book, is just courage. You've got to be brave and realize, you know what? It's It takes a little bit of courage and strength to sit across from somebody and put your real self out there. But if you think about it, there's really nothing at risk as long as you are in touch with the value you have and offer. Because what we're really scared of in dating and relationships, the thing, the reason why rejection can be so painful for so many people it's like this Pandora's box of pain or anger or jealousy or insufficiency. Everybody handles it differently, but it all comes down to one thing, which is that, which is that you misinterpret quote unquote rejection as feeling insignificant, insufficient, not enough. Mm -hmm. If you write new rules for what makes you feel enough, getting in touch with the, the value you offer that you're incredibly attractive to a lot of people, you take the power away from anybody to make you feel bad. I'm not saying you'll be impervious to bad emotions, but essentially you become close to bulletproof. Uh, I learned this because I, I went out and approached thousands of women and got the most <laughs> harshest rejections a man could possibly uh, receive. But after I remember one night after I did it, my, my wingman slash coach was with me and he came up to me. He's like poking my shoulders and said, whoa, dude, you just got rejected by the hottest girl in the club and you're still here. You still have flesh. You didn't disappear into dust. And I realized, you know what? Any woman rejects me, I'm still Connell. I'm still who I am. I'm just a man. If, mm -hmm. if, uh, if a woman is into me and, and wants to date me, I'm still Connell. I'm still just a man. Yeah. I'm not better or worse than anybody. And I think that's, that is an important thing. That's, that's the core that drives everything is if you get in touch with your enoughness, 
then nobody can really hurt you in the courtship phase because nobody can really reject you until they get to know you. Oof. Highlight that. Yes. Yeah, I can see that. And and so it may, I'm thinking from a trauma brain lens because that's the work that I do more with um, trauma clients, but it, it's almost like there's an anticipation of the, th- like a rejection is a, is a threat. You know, we're losing this connection with another person. It viscerally feels sick. So we're anticipating the discomfort and the pain of that. So we're doing all these things to avoid it. There, there's something that you said in there. I think it was rules. You talked about changing the rules. What do you right. mean by that? Can you unpack that a bit? Absolutely. Every emotional state we feel essentially comes from these hidden rules in our psychology that we have that tell us how to feel. For example, if you are driving home from the gym, actually, let's say you go to the gym and you catch your look in the mirror and you feel like, whoa, you you look great, you feel great. You Mm -hmm. just kind of feel a little bit that like, yeah, I'm hot, I'm sexy, I'm Dr. Cat, nobody can touch me. You have a little rule that says, when I go to the gym and work out and look at the mirror, I feel good, which is great. Nothing wrong with that. On the way home from work, or sorry, from the gym, let's say somebody cuts you off and you flip the guy the finger, like, fuck you, dude, how dare you cut me off? You have a rule in your psychology that Mm -hmm. says, anytime I get cut off on the highway or wronged by another person, I will feel this negative emotional state. Mm-hmm. We have these similar rules in our mindset for dating, right? Anytime somebody ghosts me, I'll feel, I'll feel rejected, insufficient. Maybe I suck. Maybe I said something wrong. We'll feel bad. And what we want to do, and this is part, part of what I talk about in my book and in a, one of the longer chapters is we literally want to go in and write new rules for, for what allows us to either feel good, empowering, positive emotional states or write rules that make it really hard to feel the negative states. So you want to write a rule that says, I will, for example, let's take first dates. So a typical guy I work with would say, well, if I go for the kiss and she makes out with me, I'll feel confident. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. I'm pro of that. But what if she doesn't kiss you back? What if she's not ready yet? What if she's shy? What if she turns the cheek? I say, write a rule that says, anytime I go for it, anytime I take a chance, make a move and give it my best shot, whether I get it or not, I'll feel confident or, or I'll feel good for having at least stretched my comfort zone. And that what we do is we want to set up these rules that are in our control to feel sexy, to feel confident and make it really hard to feel rejected make it really t- take the power away from other people to mm-hmm. make us feel rejected. Cause the, frankly, it's not them who are making us feel rejected. It's how our minds interpret it. Yeah. So you're giving them more of a narrative uh, to empower them instead of fall into more, um, I guess, disempowering or victim languaging that would take the yes. power away from them to be able to create the situations that they want. Yes. You're, we're re- rewriting old stories into new stories or we're we're removing the windows 97 software dating software that we're running and updating it with the new iphone i don't know i don't know enough about iphones to know what the cool operating system is but like a cool Mm -hmm. the the cool new operating system that has fewer bugs in it and and i know this from personal experience because i when i first started learning success with women and dating I, i did go out and i approached went on tons of dates approached I guess probably thousands of women over the course of, of almost a decade. And 
at first, I looked at every single romantic interaction as heads I win, tails I suck. If she likes me, if it goes well, if the date goes well, if the approach goes well, I'd feel like top of the world. But if she told me to, you know, buzz off, I'm not interested or didn't want to date me again, I would interpret that as, oh, I must have done something wrong or there must be something wrong with me. Instead of interpreting it as, hey, you take some shots, you make some, you miss some. The rules of the game are it's okay to have some of those shots bounce off of the rim. Mm -hmm. And so I had to kind of rewire my, my approach so that I didn't see it as, in my case, it wasn't trauma. It was more just, oh, feeling rejected and, and ugly and not cool. Uh, so I had to rewrite those, those rules, these mindset rules. It's, um, it's, yeah, it's a lot, it's, again, it's a lot like updating your, your software. And once you do it, it doesn't mean everybody's going to like you. It just means that you're going to stay a lot more confident, more emotionally resourceful and kind of brush off the ghostings or the dates that don't go well and say, no worries. I'm still, I'm still, uh, you know, there's a million more women out there and, and I still have more to give. And I know mm -hmm. I'm enough, no matter what anybody thinks about me. Yeah. And I think that's an important point to make of, it doesn't necessarily make the ghosting not happen. It just makes you more resilient in it because, and I'll hear um, even people through my Instagram who ask me questions about dating and that sort of thing. And they say, I've been doing the things I've been doing <laughs> and it's just not resulting in dating. So then there's this, and I'm referring to some specific DMS that I've received of like anger towards women and anger towards the dating culture. And, um, as if that they're doing everything quote unquote, right but they're just, the game is rigged for somebody who's hotter or richer or this, that, or the other. What might these you are from, say? These are messages from men. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Saying. Yep. Sometimes coming in uh, really from all over the place, but sometimes through DMs, sometimes through um, workshops that I've led in the past. And I'm curious what you would say to that. Cause I'm also seeing this as a uh, reading articles about whole um, communities of men in Reddit, you know, who will, it's just, there's just so much anger towards women in the dating culture. And it just seems to be like a vacuum right. of incels. Um, mm -hmm. Right. So what do I say to men who get mad at women or who don't get the results they want right away? Sure. Yeah. Is that something that you've worked with before? Yeah. Well, a lot of men come to me they're not angry. The men who come to me are more just frustrated and they feel they like women, they respect women, but they don't know, quote unquote, what works. So I guess the first thing I would say to guys is that, Hey, first of all, let's come back. Let's go back to the, it really comes down, comes back down to rejection, how we handle it and, and embracing, embracing it to an extent. Um, you can't possibly go out into the dating world and meet the one you were meant to be with without getting at least a little bit of quote unquote rejection. It has to happen. If you're going to go out and approach women, it's definitely going to happen. If you're going to go on Tinder or any dating app, you're going to deal with not matching with people. Every time somebody doesn't match with you, technically it's a rejection. If you think about it that way, mm -hmm. and you're going to tear out your guts if you focus on those things. So mm -hmm. what I, what I suggest people do is, is you create a really, what I call an amazing outcome, a clear, compelling, and measurable outcome. What is the outcome you want in your dating life? Make it measurable, get in touch with why it's important to you. For example, 
a given guy might say, you know what? I want a great girlfriend by 4th of July at Christmas. And I want to go on one date a week till I meet her. That's my outcome. And I want to feel more confident. What you want to do is focus on that outcome, fall in love with it, make that everything that matters to you, and then create a process that moves you toward that outcome, even though there will be rejection along the way. And don't overly focus on the rejection because guess what? You're going to get rejected. But what if it's not really rejection? What if it's just information? What if a given, like, have you, let me ask you, Kat, have you ever been approached by a guy or a guy has made uh, some kind of, he's, he's made his interest known and you turned him down, not because there's anything wrong with him, but just because maybe he's not your type or that Absolutely. you're in a relationship. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I communicate not, that very clearly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's perfectly valid. Or even if it is, I'm not attracted to you, you're allowed to be attracted to who you're attracted to, obviously. Mm-hmm. And what, so, so I guess those guys on Reddit, what they're doing is they're, they're in a very toxic, uh, painful way, painful to women, painful to themselves. They're misinterpreting this rejection as women don't like me. The world's against me. Only guys who are six, three with six pack abs, get the girls. I suck. I'm going to become a troll and be really angry. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they're finding in a weird way, they're finding a, a weird sense of self by being an angry guy. Mm. Just a terrible way to live your life. It's just yeah. painful for everyone. Uh, obviously, I don't, not only do I not endorse that, I w- I'd like to help men fix that. And mm. for the first step is, all right, create an outcome that you fall in love with and create a set of rules that, again, allow you to feel good emotions. So, for example, anytime a woman I were to approach in a bar or a club rejects me, to me, that's a win. It's not a bad thing. It's just, you know what? Hey, now I'm one approach closer to meeting a really great, awesome woman. Um, maybe maybe I, you might approach somebody or you might take a romantic chance with somebody and she might say, oh, wow, you, you're awesome. I would, I would normally would love to date you, but I am in a relationship or I'm a lesbian or I'm not in the mood right now. That's perfectly fair, but you seem cool. We want to start giving ourselves wins as mm-hmm. men. Uh, basically, it's party or ponder. You party when it goes well, get the number, get the date. Ponder when it doesn't. Maybe there's a lesson to learn. There's value in that lesson. That can be something to be excited mm-hmm. about. Oh, she blew me off because I, I was creepy when I asked her out. Don't be creepy next time. <laughs> um, <laughs> have better technique. Uh, Yeah. So we want to basically rewire the actions we take to feel a lot more fun. And back to the whole concept of play, Mm -hmm. uh, find, find fun ways to take chances, find ways that make you smile, that you enjoy. And, and then not only will you start getting, not only will it feel better when you do it, whether you win or lose, you'll actually start getting better results because you're bringing a sense of that play and joy into it. And what woman doesn't want to date a guy who has the sense of fun, playful enjoyment? It's hard to be fun and playful when you're an incel on Reddit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Or even, you know, I think healthy play too. I think sometimes there's this confusion between, um, you know, what I've read in things like the game or working with clients who came from the pickup artist community where there was more techniques around bringing their worth down through 
through right. seemingly playful interactions, but they, when I, when I read them or when I heard them, I was like, that's not playful. That's actually mean. <laughs> so yeah. I think there's a, a di- you know, a difference between that. Right. Well, that's all about intention. You're talking about negs, right? Um, yes, I guess the term so. Is ne- well, sorry. So, <laughs> so in the, yes, the, the term is ne- the, the, the term from the book, the game that pickup artists have used. Some still teach this. And I've worked with some of the sketchiest pickup artists you've ever met. I've also worked with some really cool, classy guys who I wouldn't put in that category. But the, ne- the idea of the neg is the, the intention is to lower her self-esteem mm-hmm. so that you feel better. Cool. For example, mm-hmm. a classic old school neg is, is, oh, I really like your teeth. So you never had braces. Mm. Designed to make her go, huh? What? Make her feel self-conscious, which mm-hmm. is a horrible thing to say to somebody yeah. because the intention is awful. The intention is I'm going to make you feel insecure so I can then be above you and maybe you'll be attracted to me. Uh, whether or not that works, that's just an awful way to live and to date. <laughs> and I don't even think it works very well either. Uh, what I would suggest is there's a much more elevated way of approaching that, which is ask yourself this question. How can I, how can I make this fun for us? You know, how can I, how can I crack a joke that makes her feel good or that's a tease? It's one thing to, it's one thing to neg someone. It's different to playfully pull their pigtails, you mm-hmm. know, to, to mm-hmm. tease, laugh, joke, just like you would your buddies or just like you would uh, a good friend. Uh, so, so I teach men, one of the tools in the toolbox is to um, find ways to proverbial, proverbially pull the girl's pigtail on the date, tease, laugh, joke. And some women like that. That's one of the ways we can create chemistry or create or help unlock the chemistry that's already there. Mm-hmm. But because I'm, I'm a natural born smart ass. And when I was first figuring this out over, over all these years of going on dates, I realized that I would go on a date with a girl, but I was totally hiding that side of myself. Mm. I'm a smart ass. I, I, I just, I'm a little bit, I'm not cocky, but I'm just cheeky and silly and, and goofy <laughs> at times, but I was hiding that on dates. And once I started to show that side, women, a lot, not all of them, but a lot of them liked it. They're like, oh, I like a smart ass. He's sarcastic. He's a bit snarky. Women who like that vibe are going to be into me. And women who aren't are going to not, which is totally fine. What do you think prevented you from expressing that part of you? I think it was, I was afraid to, I was, I was too busy focusing on getting her to like me. Oh. So I would do that by trying to be overly, overly nice and like seeking, seeking her validation if that makes sense. It does. So you've like got leaning different... in really hard all the time. And, and but again, in an, I'm not saying don't be interested, but I, uh-huh. I was doing it in a very, uh, almost like, uh, I was her groupie. If I'm sitting across from a beautiful, cool woman, I'd be like, Oh my God, I want her to like me so much. Just say and do whatever it takes. And the last thing that would come to my mind was, Oh, be the kind of cocky, funny asshole you are with your buddies that can't mm. work. So I better do the opposite. And mm-hmm. I got crushed. <laughs> that's a, that's a really good insight. I, I almost hear the term. Yeah. The, the trap of the nice guy, quote unquote, coming up right. there, you know, where people right. are like, how do I get out of the friend zone, but I don't want to make her feel bad or <laughs> yeah. It's, it sounds like an art. That sounds really hard. How do you, how do you find the balance in that? <laughs> oh, the balance is actually simple. It's not easy, but it's simple, which is, 
again, I go back to this mantra of what I'm thinking and feeling is what I'm saying and doing, being really genuine and talking to her with her, not based on getting her to like you, but on genuine, authentic expression and sharing. And that includes your personality, your genuine, real personality. I'm not saying all guys should be teasing and cocky on dates. Maybe that's not who you are. Then be really sincere if that's who you are. Be really nerdy. Be really intellectual. Um, Be a really good listener. These are all really attractive traits. Uh, So in terms of your question of how do you do that, it just take, first it takes awareness, realizing, hey, wait a minute, I'm going to find out if she likes me from me. Let me tell you a story to, to show you the wrong way and the right way. When I first started going on a lot of dates, I, I got a big crush on this girl, Lauren. Lauren's beautiful, blonde, intelligent, witty, and she was, probably still is, big outdoorsy person, hiking, rugged, just an outdoor, fit outdoor woman complete opposite of me in terms of lifestyle. I'm a nerdy indoor reading reader type, a little bit of a hipster, but just kind of a big nerd with a little bit of hipster thrown in. So on our first date, I told myself, wow, I really want this to work. I'm going to become who I think she wants me to be. Mm-hmm. And I start, I start spewing all these lies on the date. Oh yeah. I, I told her, oh yeah, I, I'm, I'm training to become a pilot. Just total bullshit. I was just lying. <laughs> I don't know where I got that, but I thought that sounded cool and rugged. Like, oh, I'm yeah. I'm starting to become a pilot. I, I I told her I swam with sharks off the coast of Belize. Total nonsense. My forehead is sweating because I'm so stressed about lying because I don't like to lie and I'm bad yeah. at it. Yeah. And I don't even know that she knew I was lying per se, but she definitely felt like something is off here. Yeah. This is not the guy I'm the guy he's describing is not the person sitting across from me. Yeah, and she yeah. friend zoned me. Uh, about a year later, and, and deservedly show, about a year later, I had sort of gotten my confidence and kind kind of put together the tools that work, sort of discover the real me with women. And I was a lot more loose, a lot more relaxed, uh, a little bit cheeky, a little bit teasing but also nerdy. I mean, I'm a nerdy musical theater lover who, mm-hmm. you know, uh, could go to Broadway shows every night and um, read books all the time. And so I put that self out there and she actually really liked that guy. She really liked him. And we did date for a while and had a, a, a relationship. And to me, that was a really strong indicator of here's the wrong way to do it. Try to be someone you're not try to get her to like you through subterfuge yeah. <laughs> and and lies not so much to manipulate her but it was coming from a place of oh i'm not enough for lauren so i've got yeah. to pretend to be who she wants what woman would want to date a guy who feels insufficient for her so you first thing first things first is you have to buy in to your worth your value otherwise that you you have no chance because you're not going to be able to keep up that act for very long mm-hmm. yeah and i think that's i love what you said there because I feel like in our society, there's a lot of um, placing certain personalities up on the pedestals, you know, being outgoing, that's more attractive or being, you know, the entertainer or the life of the party or more is more attractive 
but what you're sharing is, is that's not necessarily the case. First of all, <laughs> that we need right. this, such a variety of people and a variety of people are going to match with a variety of people. It's not that everybody's, I'm not going to necessarily want somebody who's, who's super entertainer and everything. I, that's me. I want to be that. I need somebody who's more grounded and chill. <laughs> yeah. So you said something in your book that I just like really loved and I highlighted it and, and you said, don't compare yourself to other guys, compare yourself to the guy you were yesterday and be the 1% better than him today. And I loved that because it, it's almost like, and this is really a thread throughout your whole book. It's about shifting your perspective to, to not um, comparing, but not onto this hard focus of what you are trying to make happen, but almost like mm. shifting it a little bit to the peripheral or, um, shifting it back to you yourself, comparing you to you instead of the generalized man or woman or gender otherwise. Exactly. Play, play your game, focus on yourself. We're all wired to compare ourselves to other people. It's not a bad thing. It just doesn't serve us for the most part. It doesn't give us the kind of emotions and confidence we need to have great dating lives and to stay in a great emotional state. So I, you want to try to catch yourself when you say, oh, wait, that guy over there has a six pack. He's six, three. I'm five, seven and 20 pounds overweight. I guess I suck. No, 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 wait, no. Compare yourself to where you were yesterday. Wait, yesterday I, I didn't, today I went to the gym yesterday. I didn't. So I'm 1% better today. Simply by shifting our focus from what we think we lack to what we actually offer, that can transform your confidence in a second. Uh, it can, and it, and it also gets you on the path of daily growth, daily evolution. And a man who, or any person, man or woman, who is growing, who is focused on growing, becoming 1% better every day, they will, they will have an incredible life-changing transformation in, in less than a year. It's mm -hmm. in James Clear's amazing book, Atomic Habits, where he says, I think this is the right math. He says, if you get 1% better at something every day, in 12 months, you'll be 37 times better than you were at that thing. Mm. That's incredible. Imagine if you grew as a dater or just became a more authentic, attractive version of yourself by 1% every day. Think where we'd be in February of 2022 uh, or hell, even in a month or two from now, mm -hmm. it would be incredible. So yeah, uh, we eat the elephant one bite at a time, 1% every day. And uh, also our brains are wired to, to, to feel good about progress and growth and happiness. And our brains are wired to feel shitty when we look at somebody else and go, oh, I'm not as hot or cool as they are. So stop doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, uh, that's awesome. Very wise words. I will say, you know, as you were talking, I was thinking, what do I, what am I attracted to? Like what really mm. turns me on? And <laughs> what came to my mind was when a guy tells me that he goes to therapy on a regular basis. And I'm like, that's super hot to me. <laughs> right. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, it's not so much the looks of doing so many different manifestations of, of guy and girl. Um, but one of my, I love that. One of my favorite kinds of Tinder profiles to write. It's, it's in the book. It's called the Costanza. Remember mm -hmm. George Costanza and Seinfeld realizes to do the opposite mm -hmm. of his instincts. So that would be a funny Tinder profile. Basically, all you need to know about me is I go to therapy once a week 
and uh, I, I floss my teeth and I love my mom. I don't know. Just some, like the opposite of trying to impress somebody. I'll bet with really good photos, that guy would get tons of matches from women like you. Yeah, right. Do the opposite of what you think. Yeah. And also it just, it, I think it shows to the value of self-development, you know, so that mm-hmm. your partner doesn't end up being your therapist, but they can be a supportive partner and a secure and safe base for you, but right. you are doing the work elsewhere, which yeah. to me, that's, that's really hot. <laughs> totally. So you have a, it sounds like you have a couple of types and you, you probably have, I don't know much about your dating life, but you probably have multiple types that you're open to. You said grounded and chill is mm-hmm. an attractive vibe for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You mentioned obviously self-development. So mm-hmm. I would say you probably have a few different types that you would go for. And that's kind of what the, this idea of being radically authentic, which is sort of the whole basis of my book is, is lean into whatever type you are. Not every guy is going to, going to attract a cat. Not every woman's going to attract me, but if you lean into the the avatar you are in a real mm-hmm. way, you're going to be incredibly attractive to the subset of people who are into you. And there's a lot more than you might think. It's kind of like, don't be Starbucks. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody likes Starbucks okay, but nobody loves it. Nobody's wearing a Starbucks t-shirt. <laughs> be that funky, weird, quirky coffee shop uh, that people love or hate because it's just so itself, right? Yeah. Uh, your podcast is not like anybody else's podcast. People love this podcast because they love you. They love the husky, whispery voice you use at the beginning. <laughs> they love how raunchy it is. Probably people listening to this are not listening to Freakonomics or This American Life. But that's right. totally cool. We don't want them. So <laughs> it's kind of similar with dating. It's like put that real vulnerable, raw, edgy self out there, even if it's not what society says is hot. And guess what? It's actually super hot to 20% of the people. Mm -hmm. That's more than enough to date. And I will say that I have a tendency to attract the NPR, this American life type of people. (laughs) I could see that. There's that balance of, I just bring the wild in and they bring in the groundedness. So I know that Ira Glass is sending you dick pics. (laughs) <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that's happening. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> oh, this is so great. Uh, okay. So every, every episode I put this to Instagram through my sex love yoga. And I asked my audience, if you have questions that you want me to put to the expert, send them my way. So I have a couple of questions for you. If you are open. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. First question. I feel like I'm the nice guy, but I want to get out of that friend zone pattern, but I don't want to be a dick. So I guess he's asking for advice. (laughs) Great advice. For him, I would say on dates, let's say it's a first date or that first conversation, find a genuine authentic moment when you feel that that woman is sexy and attractive. Tell her that you feel she's that way and tell her why about something besides looks related. So for example, if you and I were on a date in a totally different context, and I just found out that you loved self-improvement, I might say, wow, you it's so sexy and cool when I meet somebody who likes to improve themselves. I think that's awesome. That's really hot. Um, so tell, I would say to that guy, find a, find a real true moment to let his next date or female potential date 
tell her she's sexy and tell her why and make it something, make it a trade and a quality that's sexy, not just about her looks. He, he won't be in the front. I'm not saying it guarantees romantic connection, but if there is a genuine possibility there, that will, that will help him stay out of the friend zone. Mm, Love that. Okay. Second question. I have the worst luck on dating apps. Here's talking about apps again. And I think it's (laughs) fucked up because all the hot people get the attention, but I just don't know how else I'm supposed to meet people advice. So there might be a couple of things to, to point out. I think this person is, is experiencing the dating apps as messed up or rigged. And the other one is how are we supposed to meet people if it's not through the dating apps? Great. great. Two, here's two tactics for that, two, two approaches. One would be to get involved. Well, this, this will be easier to do post-COVID, uh, but find something that you would love to do that involves other people. For me, it's improv. I've dated some incredible women and, and grown in so many ways by joining an improv theater in my neighborhood. Uh, take a cooking class. Take tennis classes, do something where there are other people because you'll be able to meet, presumably meet women that way if it's a man. And also you'll find people who are like-minded and love that thing. Uh, in terms of other ways to meet people, um, again, this takes, some, this takes some courage and vulnerability, but reach out to f- your five or 10 best friends or relatives if you're close to them and create the you army, Y-O-U. Create an army of people who are on the lookout for great matches for you, who they know Mm. say, Hey, everybody, I'm single. I'm looking to get off the damn apps. I love you. I trust you. If you, if you find somebody who you think would be great for me, let me know. Uh, and if anybody finds the one for me, I'll take, you know, steak dinner on me or bottle of champagne on me. Give them a little dangle of carrot. Yet generally people like to match make for, people they like. Uh And um, the great thing about being set up by somebody in your circle is that you get that instant sort of mutual connection that makes, makes it easy for both of you to say yes. So create, create five to 10 of your own personal matchmakers. I love that. That's a very playful way to go about that. Exactly. Have fun with it. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. There's so many little nuggets in here that I, I'm talking with you, but I'm going to have to go back here and scribble down what you shared. It was wonderful. How can people find more about you? How can they connect with you and work with you? Yeah. Great question. Uh, They can go to datingtransformation.com, my website. And I just launched a free weekly video series called Simple Dating Secrets. If you want to get free, practical, two to three minute dating tips from me, you can go to datingtransformation.com. Check that out there. And of course, my book is for sale on Amazon. Dating sucks, but you don't. Yes. And I'll have all the links for that. I highly recommend the book. It was great. And uh, yeah, thank you for coming on. Thanks so much, Kat. I had a blast. Now I know you're all sexually curious and you're wanting to just dive into everything that you can learn about your sexuality and your empowerment around your pleasure, right? (laughs) Well, I've got another podcast that I want to highly, highly recommend to check out. It's a new one and it's called Higher Sex with Kelly McDonald Arnold, who is also a sexologist and personal and relationship therapist. She's also just really funny and intelligent and thought-provoking with all these topics around sex. 
Her recent episode about sexual desire discrepancy was really enlightening. This is one of those questions that I get asked people so often about, you know, my partner has a high sex driver, I have a low sex driver, vice versa, and how do we remedy that? And if we think about desire as something that is multi-layered with so many different contextual pieces, then we can really um, empower ourselves to be able to create desire again, instead of just being a victim to circumstance. So go check Kelly out. Tell me what you think. It's Higher Sex Podcast. I'll include the link in the show notes. Lovers, thank you again for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, hit subscribe and head over to eatplaysex.com to connect with me and grab my sexy guides. Because my goal here is to get you to eat play and sex better so you can improve your sex life which will improve every aspect of your life until next time keep it sexy